Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined once again by Jordan Climac. Jordan, how are you doing as the Cavs are playing their first summer league game right now as we record this on a Sunday night? The Browns were, were scrimmaging today. There was a rain delay, but then we actually saw some Browns football at First Energy Stadium. A lot going on in Cleveland sports today. Yeah, and it's it's tough. It's it's one of those things too where like this is a tough time of year where like baseball is really the only sport going on. But you know we had Browns training camp has been going on as you mentioned. We had the uh, orange and bronze scrimmage as I call it today, and then the little summer league action. So it's kind of like sports are kind of back, but not really back. But hey, we'll take whatever we can get. Yeah, we absolutely will. I even saw the Little League World Series pop on today, and I was like, oh, we got that. That's in the mix now, right, in this little window yeah, before the NFL yeah. season starts. I'm <laughs> Anything really goes for me as far as, as Sunday sports watching. So, I, you know, I'll be watching more preseason than I care to admit, I'm sure, as well. But I think the first place to start the podcast, Jordan, is actually off the field because some pretty big news happened that, it, you know, it affects – the Browns, I, w- I would say, uh, and affects Baker Mayfield in particular because Josh Allen was the first domino to fall uh, of these quarterback extensions. He signed a deal with the Bills, an extension that's up to $258 million of the first $150 million of that guaranteed, even surpassing Patrick Mahomes's. 141 and a half guaranteed and and basically the extension is 43 million dollars so you know average annual value so when we talk about the hierarchy of the league it's Mahomes number one at 45 million Josh Allen number two now at 43 million and and Dak Prescott so on and so forth so Jordan what was your initial reaction to the Josh Allen extension in relation to the Browns well, my initial reaction is it's interesting because so like just peel back the curtain, like we know and we can say for a fact that like there haven't been um, extensive talks between the Browns and Baker Mayfield on a contract extension. Like that that's fact right now as as it is, or as it was at least going into Friday when that deal got done. So right when I saw the deal, I immediately thought, well, is this gonna force the Browns' hand at a Baker Mayfield deal? Is this gonna all of a sudden say, hey, the conversation it hasn't really been going on, but now it needs to start happening. And all of a sudden, does it? Do you have like a two or three week window to get this deal done before the season starts? I think that becomes a, a conversation as well because again, I don't think I've said it all along. I don't think they want to negotiate a contract during the season. I don't see Baker doing that. I don't see the Browns wanting to do that either. So it'd be interesting. But yeah, my initial reaction was one: a lot of money. Two. Is it going to force the Browns' hand? And then three, of course, Henry. Like, hey, what is Baker's contract going to look like? When it does get extended, is it going to be more than that? Is it going to be less than that? Is it going to be the same? Like those were kind of the things that I immediately started thinking just from a Browns fans perspective. Yeah, the, to me, this is this puts the extension talks in peril more so is how I see it, really, because at 43, you know, if you're Baker Mayfield, like I talked about for the reason why I didn't think the deal was going to get done in the first place, uh, you know, if you're Baker Mayfield, you you've seen the market. million a year for Josh Allen. And if you're the Browns, I don't really think it necessarily makes sense to to do something at that number right now until you watch another season of Baker play. And 
as I said, I think Baker's, you know, really, I've always said this, it takes the two parties to tango here for an extension. And if you're Baker, you're like, hey, I'm not signing for anything less than that. And guess what? Lamar Jackson's extension is coming too. And it's going to be higher than this, likely, because he's the second one. And although I'd rather have Josh Allen than Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson has a, a more of a pedigree in terms of the awards that he's won so far in the regular season. Right. So he's probably going to come in at $44 million a year. So I... I find it hard to believe that an extension is going to be reached here because, and here's the other thing, if you're the Browns, you want to tread lightly too, because yes, on one hand, you don't want to offend Baker Mayfield by not giving him an extension uh, and muddying those waters as well. But also it's pretty tough to, to come in with an offer below Josh Allen's now at this point without also somewhat, you know, uh, taking a slight at him in, in some respect. So, and, and that's the challenge here too, is Baker Mayfield of these three guys in theory would get the, le- if it was just the open market right now, he would get the least amount of money based on the, you know, their career so far. So that's the challenge with an extension is he's at that point where unless he got it done first and, and you know, kind of set the market, like maybe right above Dak now there's and it's really tough uh, you know, to find common ground, I would think. Yeah, it's interesting. And it, we actually had the luxury of speaking with Andrew Barry on our radio show on Friday. Uh, we were out at Brown's practice and he came over. So we got to have kind of like that one-on-one conversation with him. And then, you know, the interview process. And, and Henry, I can tell you, he said um, to us that like they are aware, like, right, like they, they're aware of these of new contracts for guys coming in and and kind of, you know, how is that going to look for the, you know, their player and kind of the market value and that kind of thing? Like they, they of course are aware of that. So it's interesting to see how it's going to play out. I think that um, it has to, at this point, it has to be somewhere around that Josh Allen, um, that number, it just has to be. And to your point, like for, in terms of a resume, in terms of kind of cachet for that type of deal, I think Baker does come in third Henry, but I, that, like, I just think that it's one of those things, like we talk about, like I always go back to the Miles Garrett uh, contract extension, which is interesting enough because that happened mid-season. But why I bring that up is because that contract extension came down and it made Miles Garrett the highest paid defensive, I believe player, but at least defensive edge guy in, in the game. It made him the highest paid at that position. And then two weeks later, the Chargers reached an extension with Joey Bosa. And then all of a sudden he was the highest paid uh, defensive player, defensive end. So I just think that it's, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I I understand that Baker probably warrants the third lowest contract when you're talking about, you know, um, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's at least a little bit more than Josh Allen when it comes down. And if it's before the Lamar Jackson deal gets done, we're going to be looking at Baker as that, uh, you know, top three paid quarterback in the league. And, and then all of a sudden a week later, Lamar Jackson deal gets done. And then he is. So I, I really think it's one of those things where, especially at the quarterback position, we may see a, a market reset with each guy that comes up here, especially from this Allen Mayfield and Jackson class that these guys have always been paired together. Well, you're right. And that's a fair point. And I think again, going back to why I think it's going to be difficult is what I, whatever it comes in at, yes, it's likely going to be the market reset anyway, you know, throwing Mahomes out of it. And if you're the Browns, are you really going to, I mean, for Josh Allen, I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. Like he's great. He's young. Buffalo fans are excited. 
if you're the Browns, like, are you giving Baker $44 million a year right now? Like that seems insane. And that's not anything against Baker Mayfield, but that is a ton of the salary cap that you're tying up in your quarterback. That is a lot of faith you're putting in that what you saw is going to continue and get better. And if you're wrong, you're screwed. And so that's why to me, it just it behooves everybody to wait a year, select more data points and then go at it from there. Cause you're going to reset the market, you know, now or a year from now, basically it, it'll just throw in the Lamar extension in there. Here's the thing though. And you might disagree with this sentiment and I, I can probably disagree with the sentiment as well, but I can just tell you it's fact that the fact that Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick plays into this as well. Josh Allen wasn't the number one overall pick. Lamar Jackson wasn't the number one overall pick. Now you're going to say, I, I, that seems ridiculous. Lamar Jackson has won an MVP. Josh Allen has done what he has. But I'm just telling you that that's going to play into it as well. The fact that Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. He's going to get paid like he's the number one overall pick when it comes down to this extension. I really think that's the case. And I think that has to be considered as well. When you look at these three guys and you can say, well, what kind of separates each guy? Baker was number one overall pick. You know, Lamar's got that MVP. I, I just think those things play into it as well. Something that a lot of people haven't considered, but I think at the end of the day needs to be looked at. It, it does always stick with you a little bit. There's no doubt. I mean, it's happened with Jadavion Clowney, where he's probably gotten more than he's deserved on the open market at times, just because of the, the cachet that comes with being the number one overall pick, being that name, for sure. But I think at the quarterback position, Ever, I mean, at this point, all of these guys are, are so well-known and, and they, teams just have no choice. The only other choice is, and, and I don't think it'll come down to this with the Browns, is the franchise tag. And maybe that's what happens if, you know, so there is expensive this, to go that way. But it's, it's really not any more expensive for a year than doing one of these contracts. I mean, that's the thing is these contracts are, are getting to the point where it's not really any material difference in the short term. Now, obviously, as you extend year two, year three of the franchise tag, it goes up. But we saw Dak Prescott year one, the franchise tag came into play. But you also saw Dak Prescott, then they were just forced to give him a pretty large contract anyway. So I would suspect that, you know, this is going to not happen this summer and then the Browns are going to have a good season and it'll happen. But that's that's just my guess. I I mean, I, I did ev- a ton of research on Josh, Josh Allen after this contract came through and the numbers are great. They really are, but man, that feels like a lot of money for him. And if you're saying that about Josh Allen, I feel like the Browns front office is going to balk a little bit at, at that idea for Baker at this point, just of where he is being so early on. And, and think about this too, as well, only five wins separate Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield in their career. Uh, Josh Allen has five more wins. And then think about the whole turmoil of the 2019 season with Freddie Kitchens and kind of the disaster that was. Josh Allen has had the same coach his entire career. So, I mean, like, for there to only be five wins of a difference in that and, and you know, how you're saying it in the research and how the numbers were so good, it's only equated to five more wins. And then the Browns had that throwaway 2019 season. So comparing them is, is interesting as well. I think I read an article I think it was CBS earlier that said that they imagine Baker getting somewhere from 33 to 35 million. And I, I just, I thought that was low. I, 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 like, I, I really did. I, I think that that would put him somewhere in like the top eight uh, highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and maybe he's more, he, he's probably definitely, we can say, say he's more closer to the, the eighth best quarterback than, you know, the second or third. 
But I just think that these, again, these things reset themselves and it's going to be higher than 33 to 35 because I, I just think that's how it's going to play out. Yeah, there's there's no chance it's going to be as low as 33. Yeah. I, I remember I, seeing like, that I'm article too. God. Because if you're Baker Mayfield, why would you do that? You What are the Browns going to do? Again, you wait, you play your contract out. He was the number one overall pick. His contract has plenty of money right now. And then after that, you have the, like, he also has the leverage of the franchise tag. Like, unless the Browns are going to walk away, he's like, hey, the franchise tag, that's the starting price. Like, I'm not taking $33 million a year when you're going to have to franchise me and pay me that much. And if he ever got to the open market, like we've seen with Kirk Cousins, Baker's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, he would get paid. So it's, yeah, I would be shocked. I saw the same article. And that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're running the numbers and I get what you're trying to do. You're sliding him in. It's like, oh, he's the eighth best quarterback. So let's pay him the eighth right. most. But like, that's not how it works. And it's not how it's going to work. It's not how it's going to play out either. But yeah, I mean, even with Josh Allen, you see that there are, I, I mean, I don't want to say limitations because he doesn't really have physical limitations, but there is a limitation in trust, even with him compared to the very top guys. And like, I wouldn't put him in that, you know, that top tier of the Wilson Mahomes, you know, those kind of guys. But what are the bills going to do? You know, he's played at a top 10 level. As I said, the numbers are fantastic. He's got all the physical talent. Like they don't have a choice. And the Browns are going to be in the same boat where it's like, Hey, you, and it's not a bad thing to not have a choice. Josh Allen seems like a great guy. Baker's obviously been tremendous for the city, but once you have a franchise quarterback, as bronze fans know, they don't grow on trees. So, like, you have no choice right. here. You're just you, you, you're you're stuck with that guy unless you want to do something drastic, like you know the Washington Football Team, and just say, hey, you know, Kirk Cousins, we're not paying you. But that is as a tough pill to swallow with somebody at the quality, even of Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So my final guess, I'd probably say, if I have to pick a number, I'm going to say this is going to be somewhere around 260 mil for Baker. I, I do think it's going to be slightly more than. Josh Allen, whether you can say that's right or that's wrong, that might be a conversation for another day. But I do think that it's going to be somewhere just slightly above Josh Allen, who's at that 258 mark. So I'm going to say 260, Henry. What's your best guess here? Well, I think it's going to happen next summer, and I think it'll be even more than that. I think it's going to be because I think. Are you going 300? I think, well, no, I won't say that, but I'll say in the 270s because I think Lamar Jackson's going to come in and get 260. And then I think the Browns are going to win, you know, roughly 11 games, win, you know, be either in contention in the playoffs or, or, you know, at least compete in a playoff game or two. And then the Browns are going to have to pay him. But uh, as I said, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm not taking anything less than that. So I, that would be my guess is that we're going to wait a year and then we're ultimately going to end up paying even more. But that's just how it goes. And do you think it's got Lamar Jackson is going to get done before Baker? Do you think Baker is going to get done before Lamar Jackson? Because I thought Baker was going to be the first one out of these. But now that he wasn't the first one, I feel like he's going to be the last one. I do, too. I, I've been skeptical about the Browns-Baker ratio extension. But if he was going to get done, like we talked about, I was like, I'm going to look real stupid because I think he'll be the first. Yeah. But yes, exactly. Now that Josh Allen's got done, no, I think Lamar – even though I would much rather have Josh Allen in the long term than Lamar Jackson, I think because he's got the MVP, all of that stuff, like he's going to get the the extension, you know, this summer at some point here, surely. Yeah, I agree with that. And it'll be interesting to see the numbers on that too. And then we're just kind of going to be doing this whole thing over again next year, right? If, it, if that's how it plays out with the Baker uh, extension coming next year. Yeah, that's – I. Whatever number that comes in for Lamar, I will say will also be scary. 
But Jordan, we're let's transition to some on the field stuff here. And first, let's go back. You were at practice on Friday. I know there was a big skirmish today, but I want to start there because this is a training camp where I haven't been able to go at all. Many people haven't been able to go at all, obviously, with some of the restrictions. So I want to get your thoughts on what you saw Friday, what you were hearing. Did anything in particular stand out both from what you watched or from the conversations you had that you hadn't heard otherwise? Oh, I, I wouldn't say that there was anything that I had heard that, you know, kind of from just the media scuttlebutt going on of, of things that I haven't heard yet. Uh, but it was pretty great just to be that close. And, you know, they had us kind of on the side of the field. We were basically on the sidelines. So there were some drills going on in front of us. And I got a good look at uh, the running back drills and, I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they both seem like they're in midseason form already. Kareem Hunt in particular would had a great practice on Friday. Um, but Henry, the main thing that I saw that confirmed, uh, that was confirmed to me, and, and, and we had talked about it in a previous podcast, was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, he, I think he's kind of like, you know, when we first started training camp, we're like, there's always that one darling training camp, like that guy that kind of just takes on a life of its own, how well he's playing. It's, it's got to be Donovan Peoples-Jones at this point. Uh, for the Browns. And, and like I said, everything that you said, that you've read on Twitter, that you've read in articles, all that about Donovan Peoples-Jones is true. I saw it firsthand. That guy is huge. It looks like he's kind of rounded out into his body. Like he, he looks bigger than he was last year. He seems quicker. I think he's just in, in great shape right now. And kind of, like I said, his body is just coming into form as an NFL player. And I, I'm really excited to see how he fits into the scheme, Henry. I, I, I talked to with a couple of media members about Donovan Peoples-Jones and how he can fit into the scheme offensively. I was saying, like, are we going to see him line up in the slot or what's that? Because he's he's big guy. He's a big wide receiver, strong, tall, athletic. I was like, are, are we going to see him in the slot? How is that going to work out? I wouldn't be surprised at all about this. And, and I had multiple conversations with media members of – looking like Jarvis in the slot and Odell lining up on one edge. And then you have uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones on the other as your kind of vertical threats. And I think that's going to be a very, very hard um, trips package to cover if you're on defense, because I saw two plays back to back almost where Donovan Peoples-Jones caught 50 yard bombs from Baker off play action passes. So I, I think that's kind of how, they're going to fit him into the offense, Henry. But that was the main thing that I kind of took away from practice. From the second practice started at 225 on, it was just – you'd hear the crowd go crazy. You'd kind of look over like, oh, Donovan Peoples-Jones made another place. Oh, DPJ again. Like he was just time after time and time getting it. And I think that he's really developed a connection with Baker. And I'm just excited to see how that go, plays out this season. And it, that continued today, too, because that was yep. a lot of the stories out of the scrimmage was that, that Donovan Peoples-Jones had a couple of big plays as well. He beat Greg Newsom on a play. There was another highlight I saw of him. And we mentioned it. And I, you know, I mentioned him as a potential breakout candidate on a solo podcast I did. And then we talked about him as well in one of our earlier training camp pods. It's important, I think, to remember, you know, Last year, he obviously didn't have a lot, a lot of opportunity. I suspect he'll get more this year, you know, uh, but I still think he's going to have to compete, you know, with every, if everybody's healthy for time on the field with the, you know, Rashard Higgins, even with Anthony Schwartz, as he gets, you know, used in some dynamic packages as well, just competing with the fact that the Browns are going to run a lot of heavy 12 personnel out there too. Uh, but I, 
what makes me optimistic about Donovan Peoples-Jones is it's not only a conversation for this year is some the Browns wide receivers are aging. I've already said, I think this is Odell's last year on the team. So this could be somewhat of a transition year where you see Donovan Peoples-Jones take on a slightly bigger role and then step even to a bigger role next year as well. Yeah, I agree. And here's the interesting thing, because we always talk about like, who's the odd man out. I don't know if there's necessarily anyone in danger of getting cut in that room. I think it'd be a surprise if they did. But right now, Henry, the odd man out is without question, Anthony Schwartz, just based off of a health standpoint, he hasn't practiced yet. Um, it seems like I believe he got hurt in minicamp and then kind of retweaked it before training camp started. So like if you're him and, and kind of, if you're not able to stay healthy at this beginning part of the career, like this is the most important time for a rookie learning the playbook, all of that kind of just getting acclimated into the NFL. And he hasn't had that experience because he's been hurt. So he's definitely the odd man out. Kadero Hodge is another guy that had a good practice on Friday too which was interesting to see because I thought that if there was going to be a fringe guy to possibly get cut, although I'd still be surprised, was it going to be Kaderil Hodge, but I like everything that I saw from him on Friday. So I think Schwartz is the odd man out there, and he's going to have to kind of fight his way into that rotation as the season moves on. But maybe it just gets to a point where his speed is so crazy that he just kind of just – it just happens because of his athletic ability. But certainly uh, he's kind of in a, in a hole right now with the injuries, Henry. Well, I, as you know, I was more skeptical of the pick and, and part of it was, I just think, yeah, he's going to see 10 or 15 snaps a game. And that's not really necessarily a, a fault of his. It's just, there's, there's nowhere to go for him there. The, the Browns love to, you know, run two tight ends out there. They've got a stable depth uh, in terms of receivers and Odell Beckham's going to be back and on the field a lot more. So I, and we just talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones is performing. So I, 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 I like Rashard Higgins. There's, there's a tough, tough hill to climb there for him to, to see playing time at, at this point. And again, he's also a little bit more of a project anyway. So it's not the end of the world by any means. But Jordan, something interesting here. Jeremy Fowler tweeted out uh, today that the Browns have shifted their focus to extending yeah. Nick uh, or to, excuse me, to talking with Denzel Ward about an extension, uh, which is interesting as well. I think that one could also be tough given his health history, but we'll, we'll, we'll see about that as well. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because we actually uh, talked to Denzel Ward on Friday as well as Andrew Berry, and he was kind of coy, right? Like, he's like, eh, no, I don't think, you know, there's no talks going on right now per se. Like, they didn't come up to me and tell me that I'd be the next guy, but it kind of seemed like, Again, it was trending towards that because I look at this as kind of the same way as um, the Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen talk, right? It, I think that applies with the Browns as well. I've, I thought that Baker was going to be first to get the extension because that way you get Baker taken care of. Then the kind of you can put uh, plug the numbers on the back end for Chubb and Denzel Ward. Chubb ended up being the first guy. Now I think Baker is going to end up being the last guy with the Browns as well. And when we talk about uh, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, and Baker Mayfield, I do. Uh, I think that that Denzel extension is going to come. I think it's going to probably be here in the next week or two, and will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the numbers are on that as well, because I think he's without question. Uh, we can sit here and say that he's a top ten corner. Uh, he's going to get his money, and it's going to be deserved. And he shouldn't, you know. I think it's going to be a higher payday than Chubb, just because that position kind of warrants that, as we see as we've seen it play out. For sure, I think it'll be higher. I think. It, the negotiation probably comes down to, you know, obviously the durability factor when he's been on the field, he's been, you know, tremendous 
it's just, a, you know, is there a, you know, a games played incentive or something that they can agree on or something like that that gets the deal done? Maybe Ward doesn't want to do that. That's how I could see things falling apart. He does have a couple of years left on his deal too, just like Baker. So, you know, there's no necessarily pressure to get on uh, and do an extension, but, but that was an interesting note from Jeremy Fowler. And really as far as the scrimmage, is concerned today. I feel like Donovan Peoples-Jones is also the, the big highlight there. I don't know if you have anything else on that, but really the one other thing that stood out to me was the press conference with Baker Mayfield afterward, where I thought he handled the, uh, the spec, you know, the talks about extensions, the, the Josh Allen conversation extremely well. And oh, real I, quick. I just wanted to say one more thing on the uh, possible Denzel Ward uh, contract extension. I, I, so Jalen Ramsey is the highest highest paid uh, corner at twenty million a year. Marlon Humphrey at nineteen and a half. Tre'Davious White seventeen and a half. Then it kind of gets in the you know, 16, 15, 14 with guys like Darius Slay, uh, James Bradbury for the Giants. I think that when it's all said and done, I think Ward's going to warrant somewhere around fifteen to seventeen. Just kind of looking at these names. And I would be fine with that. I just wanted to see if you would be okay with that 15 to 17 million a year. And if that's what you think it will look like when it's all said and done. Yeah. But I, I think I, I was thinking even almost higher, like 17, 18, um, just because of, of his age. I think some of those guys yeah. are a little bit on the older side. Uh, so I think he has some opportunity there. I saw some people, I, I saw some fans today saying that Denzel Ward was the best corner in the AFC North. And I was like, I love Browns fans. I love how supportive you are. But I mean, if you think Denzel Ward has outplayed Marlon Humphrey to this point in your career, like in their careers, I don't know what to tell you. Like we're we're just not watching the same football games. Like, <laughs> but um, I do think he'll come in slightly under that number. But as I said, I really is just a question of the durability and the guarantees. I think because he's earned that as far as his play when he's on the field. It's just is he on the field? And that was a concerned going all the way back, you know, to college and has been a concern so far in the NFL. He's a lighter guy. He's slight and has had some injury problems. So that's really, I think the, the only big factor there, but yeah, I just, and, and just getting back to what I was saying about Baker here, as we wrap up again, uh, tons of praise for Baker Mayfield in general, how he's handled the city, how he's handled the spotlight as a number one overall pick, all of that. But I think it would also be very fair and ever, you know, most Browns fans can acknowledge early in his career, he was not great at the podium. Sometimes there were some right. weird <laughs> moments in particular. The only one I really got upset about was one that was, you know, really in reference to the, the Browns medical staff it, where it seemed, you know, I know he, he ended up kind of uh, walking it back later on, but that was one where I, you know, clearly in the moment he didn't handle it as well as he wanted to, didn't verbalize whatever he was trying to get across. In this case, I thought he he was fantastic. He gave great answers, you know, was just kind of talking about, hey, I'm, you know, it's great for the position overall. I'm happy for Josh. You know, I'm not, you know, the one doing the, the negotiations. Leaving that with my agent basically was kind of the uh, the tenor of the conversation. And it's one of those things where I feel like we we understand that guys develop physically in the NFL, but sometimes we don't always talk about some of the emotional development and maturity in the NFL. And Baker Mayfield over the last two years has just clearly developed a lot emotionally as well as a leader of this team. And so that part, it stood out to me a couple of times before I mentioned it you know, once or twice on the pod. But again, today I was, I was reminded of that fact that, Hey, I don't know if the rookie Baker Mayfield would have handled this the same way as Baker Mayfield did today. And 
there was basically it was a non-story because of the way he handled it. Yeah, and I, I just think that you know just reminds me of just Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry and kind of how they conduct themselves and how kind of the team has taken on the personality of them. Because like you said, Freddie Kitchens was the coach. I mean, you didn't know Baker was creating headlines every single week with a press conference. And that's far from what you want from a quarterback. It's, it's a sign of immaturity and, and all that. So, I, I mean, like you said, people maturing, and that's exactly what this is. He knows how, like, it's at the point now where you can watch a Baker press conference, right? And you can sit there and be like, oh, well, this is going to be his answer. That's going to be his answer. It's all cliche football talk answers. Um, and, and that's fine. That's exactly what you want. You don't want him coming out here creating headlines. So yeah, he definitely uh, handled himself the right way um, today with when he was asked the question, but really he's been handling himself right for about going on the better part of a year now, considering all of last year and then what we've seen this off season. I think it's, it's only going to keep getting better from, from here on out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're, we're going to wrap up here. I think I, you know, as I said, I didn't have any other major takeaways from the, the brown and orange scrimmage. I mean, there was some tight end stuff, but I feel like, you know, that room's pretty settled, so. Well, I was going to say, the only, the only other really takeaway was just like, I mean, did you see how crazy it looked? I mean, it looked like there was an <laughs> actual game. It looked, it looked like there was an actual game yeah. going on today. I saw the videos of, you know, people driving by the stadium and all that. Like, people were tailgating for practice. Baker said that when he got on the mic, like, can't believe there's so many people here for practice. I think there was 30,000 plus uh, they out how did the Indians game today in, in, as far as attendance? I mean, just think about that. I think everyone's ready to go with football here, and today was a perfect example of that. It's going to be a wild year. I didn't know that about the Indians game part. That's a fantastic stat. But yeah. that's exactly where I was going, Jordan. I was just going to end the podcast by saying that, is this Browns fan base has been hungry for a winner for a very long time. And obviously, with the circumstances of last season, we were somewhat limited in seeing – the effects of a winning football team in Cleveland. I mean, this fan base has been rabid even when the team hasn't been very good, but it was insane. The videos that were coming out today of the people in the muni lot, the people in the stadium, how packed it was when Miles Garrett walked on the field and every, you know, everybody erupted that video brought me chills as well. So it was uh, exciting to see Brown's nation in that form already. And I, it just I can't wait for the season because once actual game starts, it's going to be absolute bedlam in, in downtown Cleveland for a home game. So that environment is going to be an exciting, exciting thing to to be a part of this season. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is like it was torrential downpour for two straight hours before that game started. So people they, there was like the game was delayed and they had to tell fans to leave the stands because it was raining so hard and there was lightning and all that. So. Yeah, it's just it, like you said, I, everyone's ready to go and I'm ready to go, but it's going to be wild, man. That first game against the Texans, I, I can't even imagine the atmosphere that we thought so a couple years ago in 2019, the atmosphere was crazy for that Titans game and they ended up getting their ass kicked in that game. I just think it's going to be a lot different this time. They're playing the Texans. Nobody knows what's going on there, but it is going to be Bedlam, as you said. I'm ready. Let's go. Only about a month, almost officially a month. Next week, it'll be officially a month until uh, the season starts. So getting close. It'll be here soon. It'll be here soon. Shout out to all the Browns fans out there listening. Yeah. So until next time, guys, uh, just two words for you. Go Browns.